Chapter 9 Deception and Decision It wasn't but a week later when they again came to the shaft. They took up seats at the bar and greeted me as if I was an old friend. Sally's words echoed through my head. I couldn't be sure if their collegiality was the result of my acting ability or if they had something else in mind. Know what their motivation might be, I had no choice but to accept their cordiality and continue with my pretense. After an hour or so of banter, I finally summoned the courage to wedge my toe in the door. Like I told you guys I came out here to get away from all the bullshit and to do some hunting. The spots I used to go with my father are long since gone. I rode by there the other day and it was pretty much all houses and even a golf course, not farmland like before. I saw what looked like a good spot up the 240 about 5 miles from here, but it was all posted. You guys know any good places around here? Haha spoke as he leaned over and looked past the other three at Hulse, he's talking about the club. Hulse smiled and replied, think so. Then he continued. Yeah, that whole area over by Shawtown is pretty well over for hunting. That posted land you saw is our club. We got close to 80 acres out there. We been hunting there since I was a kid. Good hunting. I got me a 10-pointer last year. And we got good fishing too chimed in moose. Club? I questioned enthusiastically. Yeah, the club rents the whole thing for cheap, been doing it for years Luke replied. And I sure don't think that's gonna change real soon, especially since three years ago added Hulse. My puzzled look must have been apparent because he went on with the story. Three years ago, the guy who owns it was gonna sell off half of it for houses like over by Shawtown so we had my uncle Harold go and have a talk with him before he could. I was real disappointed after that cause he wouldn't budge. He was still gonna sell it off on us. So next, I sent a couple of our members to see him and guess what? Right away, like one day later, the for sale sign came down and our rent went down along with it. It worked out really good for everybody, us and especially him, if you know what I mean. A week or two passed and the boys, as I like to call them to myself, had come to the shaft regularly. With each visit I got closer to my goal of becoming a trusted friend. As the friendship grew, I asked myself more and more frequently what next? Suppose that I did find out conclusively who killed Richie and why. Could I actually kill someone as revenge? I tried over and over to imagine myself in that situation and still couldn't decide. If I couldn't see myself actually doing it then what was the point of all my scheming? Despite the apprehension and unanswered questions, I continued with my plan to seek out Richie's killer in the circumstances of his death. My compulsion drove me forward, despite my misgivings as to what the final outcome might be. It was a Wednesday evening, kind of early, about 6.30. The boys came in and sat at their accustomed spot at the bar. What'll you have? I asked as I reached for the usual bottle. Come here ordered Hulse. He placed a small cloth bag on the bar and pulled open the drawstring for me to peer inside. This much jack for everybody he announced as I bent over to view the contents of the sack. I recoiled in horror at the sight. Holy shit. Holy shit. I gasp. The bag contained three severed black, pinky fingers. Hulse pulled the drawstring closed and shoved the bag into his pocket. You know those three monkeys that you said was asking about us the other day? Well, they found us, or should I say we found them? I nervously poured each his three fingers of Jack. 
the shock left me clouded with nothing but holy shit, racing through my head over and over. It must have been minutes before I regained any kind of clarity. I was sure that the look on my face revealed my alarm, but nothing was said. All of them just sat quietly sipping their whiskey with ever so subtle smiles. As difficult as it was, I knew I was obliged to come up with some laudatory or all my efforts to gain their acceptance would have been in vain. I struggled to find what I should and could say without exposing my disgust. Finally, I found the strength to stutter out the words. Looks like you guys done good. They were some pretty big dudes I said hoping not to stammer. There was a pause and ha ha spoke. Don't make no never mind how big you be when a 45 is at the back of your head. They's just lucky they got away without more stuff missin'. Just lucky they got away period said Moose. Guess so, I added with all the conviction I could muster. Then thankfully, the conversation changed. We're goin' huntin' on Saturday up at the club. Goin' for birds, pheasant. Wanna come along? asked Hulse. It was the invitation I was waiting for but now after being shown the bag with its grisly contents my enthusiasm was tainted with apprehension. Sally had warned me of their capabilities. Her constant urgings to be cautious rang truer now than ever before. What if they somehow knew of my real intention for being in Cannonsboro in the first place? What if they knew Richie was my best friend? Suppose my conversations were insufficient to convince them of my sincerity? Did I have the courage to roam distant, vacant woodland and fields knowing what they were capable of doing and have done? Should I make up an excuse or take a shot? Well hopefully not take a shot? This could be my one and only chance to get inside. Did I really want to blow it after all this effort? I agonized momentarily as the what-ifs and shoulds spiraled through my mind. I should have been prepared for this invitation all along, but I wasn't. All of these thoughts flooded through my brain as they awaited my reply. Sure. That would be great, I blurted out and it was done. Where will we meet and at what time, I continued. Final plans were made, and they left the shaft. I called to Freddy at the far side of the bar, over by the store entrance. Hey Freddy, will you watch the bar for me for a few minutes? He immediately came behind the bar and I walked to the men's room. I entered one of the stalled, closed the door and sat on the toilet seat lid. I bent over and put my head in my hands with all the what-ifs and should is continuing their dizzying spiral. I could still back out. I could certainly come up with an excuse, but then could I erase the feelings of cowardice that would surely arise within me? How could I justify having ventured this far and not found the answers to my plaguing questions about Richie's death? After several minutes the answers percolated into my consciousness. I couldn't back out now and surrender all of my self-respect. Too late now, it was done. I arose, washed my face with cold water and returned to the bar.